took longer what's going on guys welcome back to another episode of no reserves radio i'm here i'm angelo and i'm here with alex alex how are you doing today buddy Did you have how's it going week? guys uh yeah pretty good week overall uh work stuff kind of derailed me from watching thursday night football but i had to watch like the game in 40 very quick before going to work um but yeah other than that week was was pretty good I managed to watch basically every single game, which I haven't been able to for like the past two weeks. Because oh, wow. I've been, yeah, like I believe last two weeks I've been away uh, at least like the first half, if not mistaken. This week I managed to like be proper set up when the games were starting. So I managed to watch every single bit of football that happened on Sunday, except for the second half of the the Sunday night game that I watched like on replay the morning after. I'm kind of sad the Bengals didn't play. I didn't get to see the Bengals this week, but um, the Browns, you know, gave me, I guess, a form of entertainment that I'm sure I'll discuss because I'm honestly pretty disgusted with the game I watched as far as the Browns versus Colts go. So did you have a game like that? No, there's definitely a game you had like that where you're like, what am I watching right now? There's a few. There's a few games like that, I believe, like... For example, the Seahawks game, that was pretty, I guess, interesting. That <laughs> we like Gino basically turns into a pumpkin whenever like the opposing team just throws some pressure on us. So that's always fun. Um I do Metcalf hope... went down. What what did he go down with? Uh he went on like the game prior. So he I believe like it was a game time decision until like I believe it was oh, I thought, like a I thought, he, I thought he got hurt mm-hmm. during the game. Like I no, no, it was prior. Oh. Like, I, I believe he hurt. Uh, he has been suffering from a rib injury for quite a while now. And I believe he picked up a hip injury last game. So this week he was sort of questionable for most of the week. Didn't practice a lot, which I didn't really give much consideration to because he hasn't been practicing like the full week since he has been picking up that rib injury. But yeah, I mean, news came out like an hour prior to the game starting that he would be out uh, with the hip and rib injury. So yeah, we, we managed to see some more Jackson Smith and Jigba. And of course, the great catch by Jake Bobo. Jake yeah, Bobo I thought is... that. That was a ridiculous, like, <laughs> it was like basically a floater in the back of the end zone and he caught it. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, that that was nuts. Like I was, I was pretty sure that was out. But yeah, after watching the replay countless times, yeah, he was in. <laughs> that was a crazy game. But yeah, I mean, the offense is still looking kind of shaky. The defense played played okay. I think they played okay versus the Bengals as well. Okay to good. Uh, Witherspoon is really making a lot of plays. He's, yeah, I mean, he should be the betting favorite for Rookie of the Year. No, that wouldn't surprise me. What did you think of Jackson Smith and Jigma now that he had only Tyler Lockett ahead of him? I played well. I mean, it's the thing. Like, he has been playing okay too well. He just doesn't have the targets. So when he has the targets, things, like, get better. I just don't expect it to, to continue because I think 
when DK is back, which should be this week, because it was basically a game-time decision for last night's game. So if it was a game-time decision, then I kind of believe he will be active next week. Uh, but yeah, after that, I mean, I think he will lose some of the some of the opportunity that he got this game. I believe he, he was he was targeted yeah seven times, which was the most of any player on the team. Um, and he played time. fine. I mean, he's getting open, right? Yeah, yeah. He, like the touchdown play was pretty good by him. But yeah, I just don't expect the the opportunity con- to continue when the case back. To be honest. Oh no, I'm not saying it will. I'm just saying it's a good. You obviously want production of some kind as a rookie. You don't expect him to, like, melt faces. But, like, when your rookie wide receiver that you select in the first round looks like your best wide receiver out there when DK goes out, that's a good sign. Yeah. It basically shows you that he can produce when you need him to. Yes. Yeah. One thing that I do have to mention, like, I have been pretty against Charbonnet as a pick and so on. I missed him this game. Yeah. I missed him this game purely because he keeps Kenneth Walker fresher. So he's more explosive when Charbonnet's around because he can take some of those carries like in the middle of the field to pick up short yardage. Those aren't necessarily super important for Walker, but he keeps him fresher for those big explosive plays. He did have one or two, if not mistaken. I think he had a long of 25 yards. Uh, but yeah, when Charbonnet is around... Walker is more explosive because he's fresher. He doesn't need to to ground grind those short yardages stuff. He doesn't Are need to be involved in that thing. You're on board with Charbonnet as a change of pace back. Yeah, is 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 serviceable. I just don't think like my take was always that Walker would be the main guy always because Walker is an extremely talented and explosive running back in the NFL. Carbonet is a good change of pace back that can grind you those those tougher yardage. But I, I sort of miss them as a fan of the team. I miss them in the short yardage situation because that's just like you're not properly using the talent that Walter has when you're deploying him in that situation. He still had a, a, like a pretty good game. It's just like I know he can do much more when there's a guy does the the like the nasty stuff basically the grunt work, the grunt yeah work. but that yeah like yeah like i know especially because we've gone into this fantasy like centric view on the nfl that people want to see like one bell cow running back and they hate running back by committee but the reason p- teams deploy running back by committee is to keep the starter who is going to get a vast majority of touches and a lot of wear and tear on his body fresher. You don't want that guy just going out there, run, 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 run. And then he's done by 25. Yeah, I agree with that. And they have been like the way they have been deploying Charbonnet so far, it has just been to, to like alleviate some of the work out of Walker. Like Charbonnet hasn't been like great for fantasy football or anything, but it it helps make Kenneth Walker better, basically, and that's why I like it. That's fair. So, give um, me give me your thoughts on the on the game that you watch the most, uh, the Browns game, because I heard some oh contro- controversy oh in that game God. by the end, like the last. 
two or three drives. Like I've seen some Colts fan pretty I irate. I couldn't watch, bro. It was so hard. Okay, what if I told you the Cleveland Browns scored thirty nine points and didn't score a passing touchdown? <laughs> Nuts. Like it was so bad. Like Miles Garrett is him. He is the best like pass rusher or one of the best pass rushers. If you want to give it to Donald, if you want to give it to TJ Watt, great. Miles Garrett is a problem, no matter what where you put him. So, like, and he just harassed Gardner Minshew. But the thing is, when he didn't harass Gardner Minshew, Gardner Minshew owned the Browns defense, dude. Like, I watched Gardner Minshew do like a read option and then just run for twenty yards. Oh, I saw that as well. And, and I and I was just like, oh, okay. So I guess Gardner Minshew just owns the Cleveland Browns defense, best defense in the league. Okay, that's why. That's why I said I said it kind of jokingly that Gardner Minshew was the best quarterback in Indianapolis, but he really looked like it because he was just gashing the Browns defense over and over. And the Browns offense, I honestly don't know how they got to thirty nine points. I don't, I don't, I don't remember. All, I know there was a defensive score. I know there was a pick. I know there was two, three forced fumbles. Two of them were lost. Like the the Browns defense got the Browns to thirty nine points. That's how that's how I view it. Yeah, like the running backs scored like three touchdowns, I believe, if not yes. mistaken. So Jerome Ford scored that huge seventy yarder to start the game, and then Nick or Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt had two short like goal line touchdowns. Yeah, one was the the wildcat uh, play. Wasn't yeah, the it? wildcat I told you about. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> we went back to the way back machine, did a wildcat <laughs> in the fucking goal line, and there you go. Then, I like, saying, I think there was a was it a strip sack in the end zone that got basically like a defender fall on it, and it was a Browns touchdown. I think yeah. I saw that replay on yep, yep, on yep, red zone. Touchdown. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, like PJ Walker had, I think it was 15 completions or something like that for 178 yards. Deshaun and a pick. finished the game with five yards. By yeah, the way. yeah, and like the the press conference afterwards, I think Stefanski basically said that they were just uh, holding up their their starting QB or their like franchise QB. I don't know. Seems like another injury to torment him. And the pick was pretty bad. You did mention like, it as well. So it sh- it should have been two picks, actually. Yeah. Like, no, not it should have been. It was it, Kenny Moore obviously dropped the ball or it was on the ground. But they were both the same kind of plays. Deshaun misses his first read, rolls out, chucks it up into double coverage, and it's picked. Like that that was his that was his one pick, and that was his second throw that should have been a pick. It was both situations like that. Like, Deshaun doesn't look like Houston Deshaun. I, I don't know what's going on with Deshaun, but I will say the Browns offense usually does look better with Deshaun than without him. I just I, – I, Deshaun does, isn't worth the money they pay him. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> He's not. That is true. He's not a $230 million quarterback. I'm sorry. Unlike the picks they traded take, for him. Yeah. That's a nasty situation. And they can't really get out of the deal anytime soon, so. I mean, what do you do if you're the Browns? I guess you, like, trot out the QB. And you put, like, I don't know. You put your running backs running the ball. And you put Miles Garrett jumping, uh, like, the line to block kicks. 
like he's goddamn Superman or something. I guess that's what you do, and that's how you Miles win games. Like, completely absurd. I don't think I've ever seen, like, a play like that. I think it's the first time that it happened, actually. Wasn't it? Or, so, like, something... I know that it wasn't the first time that a field goal was blocked with a guy jumping over the line, because I think it was... A Seahawks Steelers player, did. and the C- a Seahawks player also did it, I think. I don't know, I'm not sure if it was Camp Chancellor or something, but I I think I remember something like that. Unless it was overturned by a flag, because I do, I do know that we did that once and was overturned, but I also think we did it once and it stood. But something in that play never happened before. I'm just not quite sure what it was, but I saw that stat somewhere. Like that mention. Miles Garrett is ridiculous and he's a problem. The Browns offense definitely not a problem. But like Gardner Minshew looked good, dude. I'm sorry. But when Miles Garrett wasn't harassing Minshew and he had time, he gashed us. He absolutely gashed us, dude. Yeah. Like I mean and I'm saying us, oh, I'm a Bengals fan, not a Browns fan, but <laughs> Bengals were on a bye. <laughs> so you're a nonary Browns fan. Browns fan for this week, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean he played he played well, but he did have like his 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 wide receiver one. Um the takeover is happening. It's just like I mean, what do you do? Like you can't stop that the man as Josh Downs. By, that was amazing throw by Minshew too, by the way. You have to admit that. He got it just over the cover two safety or corner. Yeah. And it did seem down. like the, the safety was wasn't expecting that because the safety seemed to have messed up that play. Yeah, he just sat. Yeah. He sat there. Yeah. yeah, he didn't expect Josh Downs to to go deeper. Maybe he didn't respect the speed or something. I don't know, but it seemed off there. Yeah, something was definitely off. But yeah, he was gone after he caught that ball. But it's like it's a weird game because like it shouldn't have been thirty nine thirty eight because when you look no. at it, no. it's like. Okay, so one touchdown was the 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 strip sack that ended up being a touchdown. Another touchdown was the the breakaway run by Pittman. It was a complete yeah, complete like blown coverage. Another blown coverage into Josh Downs touchdown. Um, and there was like like the whole last drive was also pr- pretty insane. I think there were some penalties in there that were really like. Out of thin air, basically. So you basically There's have a like a lot of out of what? that game, though. Go on. Yeah, like the the Colts fans were pretty mad at that one. I would yeah, be I mean, I was a Colts fan too. Yeah, I think there were like what I would count at least like four touchdowns scored that it was basically like fluke plays or busted coverages or just like defensive scorings stuff like that. So that's twenty eight points out of a what. This was a 77-point game. Like, jeez. I think this the over-under on this one was, like, 40-something. So it was, like, an average over-under. And, and it's, like, the highest-scoring game of the week. Yeah. Insane stuff. It, I, yeah. And we so, had the Browns minus two. <laughs> yeah. And it was they won by one. Ah. <sighs> It shouldn't have been two. It shouldn't. Like, they should have won by more. It was just, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but it was Minshew gash to the, the Browns. A week after beating the San Francisco 49ers, the Browns had to scratch and claw and do whatever they could to beat 
the Colts, led by Gardner Minshew. Like, okay. That that's so Browns. So, yeah. Alex, <laughs> this is what I'm waiting for. Alex. You've been calling for Aiden O'Connell to get the start. Josh McDaniels has a response to you. He says it's not preseason anymore. He's trying to win football games. That's why Brian Hoyer's out there. What do you guys say to him as an Aiden O'Connell fan? Yeah, that that looked like the the Aiden, the the Brian Hoyer that I know from that playoff game that he had with the Texans. It sure looked like it wasn't preseason for him. Remember that one versus I think it was KC the four interception game. Ah, that's prime Brian Hoyer. That's the guy that gives you the chance to win, not the young guy that no one has tape on that maybe can succeed at a rough like first game but at least you were in the game at the end but no yeah just like sure josh sure just give me brian oyer because i haven't seen like brian oyer play and be like miserable for big amount of time you should just do like like the opposite the opposite team did like just put out there a rookie that is actually quite decent but no no josh i'm sorry yeah just I'm sure that Brian Ari gave you the best chance to win there. He looked great. I mean, versus that Bears defense that ranked like dead last in a bunch of categories that I, I won't even name because there's just so many. Brian Ari, like, great game. 129 passing yards, two picks, got sacked once, 37 QB rating. That's the guy that gave you the best chance, the best chance to win. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. I'm Some so of these conflicted. coaches are just like... So, ah. like, I, before this season started, I said the Raiders looked like a dumpster fire. And honestly, the Raiders are the most frustrating teams because some weeks they do look like the dumpster fire I said they were, like this week. But some weeks they don't. And it's kind of frustrating. Yeah, I mean, this was a, a nasty game. I mean, I, I've... I've Spoke my piece on the the QB situation in in the Vegas like scenario there that Josh was mentioning, but can we get a round of applause for my guy? I mean, I just gotta do it. Tyson Badgent, ladies, ladies and gentlemen. No, no, no. So, 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 listen to this. Listen to this. So people will look at him and say like. Oh, he just had like 162 passing yards. He had a touchdown. That's nothing. So let me tell you what, public opinion. Here's a stat for you. You know how many times Justin Fields threw for over 160 times on the full year last season? Six times. You know how many games he played uh, in the last two years in which he hasn't thrown a pick? Seven in two Years he hasn't thrown a pick in seven games. Yeah, fellas. Let me tell you what. You know how many times, like Justin, you, you remember like that old. Oh my God, the very offensive line is is terrible. Like you can't just blame Justin Fields. You know how many sacks Tyson Badgett got? One, with that same terrible low line. So let me tell you what, Tyson Badgett. I'm not saying he's the future. But he should be your starter the full season, the full rest of the year, Chicago. You have your starter. This guy. He's just he's just propagating Fields hate at this point. No, I mean, I watched that game. Like, I think Justin Fields wish he had the 
the reading, Wish. like the pro the progression skills that Tyson Badgent has. To be honest, wished he had the progression skills that Tyson Badgett had. Yeah, Tyson Badgett read the field pretty well. I mean, you like people criticize the offensive coordinator for the game plan, and that it's like it's not good, and that's why field is struggling. I mean, you ran the, you ran the same game plan with Badgett, but Badgett like doesn't take seven seconds to make a, like a simple decision to just throw a screen. So yeah, it works with Badgent. It's Man, it's crazy like what you can do with a with a competent like it's not even good. It's just like he's competent and they scored 30. Would you look at that? <gasps> and for the for the folks who like miss the, the whole thing around him, his dad <laughs> did you see that? What his dad was basically? No, I didn't. I missed. No, that. you didn't. Okay, so of course, like it's an undrafted QB. The network has to make some like random piece about the dude. But the, um, they apparently struck gold because not only is this guy like, I think it's it's the leading touchdown passer. For, like, how do you say this? It's basically like the guy with the most career passing touchdowns in the whole college football history. Because I believe he has like 159 passing touchdown in his career. So not only is he all that, he also scored, uh, he also like had, I believe it was 9,000 passing yards in the last two seasons of his college career. Uh, but his dad is also, I believe it's a 17 time uh, arm wrestling world, world champion. 17 times? Like okay. some of these guys are, and yeah, if there's one knock on him is that his its arm is like a noodle. So like, you probably should go train with his dad, I guess. But yeah, I mean, he was making decisive throws. He he wasn't doing anything flashy, but he was just outside of a few like third down conversions. He was just making the right play and he was reading the field properly. Um unlike fields and he was it was going through his progressions and making decisions quick so yeah i mean that's more than i can say for justin fields but yeah fields runs fast and has a big arm so let him take like seven seconds to read like a slant <sighs> there you go your new starting qb chicago you happy now i am pretty happy it's good. So, it's good. Like to feel vindicated. To feel vindicated. For the record, who did we have in that game? Because I do not remember. Oh, you had Chicago. I had Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> so you took a victory lap on a team. You didn't even. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I, okay. I was expecting Aiden O'Connell. That's why. You was expecting Aiden O'Connell. And Josh McDaniels told you. No, no Aiden O'Connell today. I guess we like there's two main games in like the afternoon or the the morning slate that we should really talk about. Go for but it. Uh, I mean, like, were the Lions just pretenders this whole time? I don't think so. I think they just got caught on a bad week. Like that, I I've seen that happen. But I, I don't know. Maybe the. I don't even know what I was going to say. Maybe the... 
Ravens finally got everything together because the Ravens haven't been looking the greatest, but this game, this game, they look like Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, I mean, I saw some plays there by Lamar that Zay were great. Yeah, Lamar was making plays as well. He was looking good. Uh, like one of the touchdowns to Mark Andrews, really, and the com- like the commentators mentioned that as well. That one of the touchdowns, I believe it was the first or the second one to Mark Andrews. Uh, he really showed some growth there because the way that he operated that play if it was early early career lamar jackson he would have just taken off and like do something with the ball with his legs but no he just hang in the pocket looked for andrews threw it out touchdown i mean he's showing improvement he's showing like what i expected from the raider it's from the the ravens to start the season and yeah i mean if this is what we will get going forward i'm Pretty confident about the Baltimore Ravens being what I expected them to be. Crazy is it that the AFC North is like as stacked as it is. Like I know yeah. we talk about the AFC West because it has the Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, oh, and Broncos, but but <laughs> like the Bengals, Browns, and even the Steelers, and of course the Ravens all look amazing this year. They really do. I agree. I mean, there's not really much to say here. I think this was a complete destruction, and the Lions were kind of like overwhelmed. There were plenty of stats about like Josh Cow. Um, uh, now I can't remember his name. Um, Jared. Jared Goff. Uh, efficiency being like pretty bad outside of Detroit when they were playing away. It didn't yeah. really really show the week prior that it, they were away, but yeah, I mean, it turned this his ugly head this week around, and they got destroyed. I mean, by the half, it was what twenty one or twenty eight to nothing. So, and like I think the offensive stats were pretty bad for them. Like, don't let two hundred and eighty four yards distract you from Jared Goff. Distract you from the fact that he like. Did nothing for the first half. Like, this is probably all second half. Because they just decided to just throw for the rest of the game. Jameer Gibbs was back. Jameer Gibbs was back. But do do you think this is why Sean McVay and the Rams made the decision they did to move off golf? Because this, the Ravens, serious playoff contender. Great! It was it was a game that they could have made a huge statement to the world. And granted, you can say they've already made that statement by beating the Kansas City Chiefs. But if this this game would have solidified them in the top three as far as teams you consider for a Super Bowl, and they completely gapped it, in my opinion. Yeah, so, I mean, I I agree with that sentiment. So. so, so do you think that Jared Goff is the future of the Lions? Or do you think that, similar to the Rams, they're going to get in a spot where they the roster is where the roster is going to be? And it's up to Jared Goff to win football games, and he's not going to do that. And they're going to make a trade for someone that they think could. I mean, so far we haven't really like heard anything that points us towards that direction. 
Like the coaching right. staff has um, been pretty adamant that Goff is their guy. Yep. Maybe it's, this was just a one-off game and we really shouldn't be talking about all of this. But yeah. I mean, if he has more games like this, that not like, especially if it's in the playoffs, if this team really goes to the playoffs and makes a deep run, but then in the end it just blunders it. I mean, wouldn't be shocked if he, if they at least knocked on some doors, like Kyler Murray, for example. He could knock on that door. That could be very interesting because it seems like the Cardinals want to tank for Caleb. So, I mean, is there a better way to tank than to trade Kyler away? I mean, uh, they wouldn't be able to trade him this year, I believe. So it would it would always be like a play for him next year. Um. Sure. Because of, of the cap situation, it really wouldn't work out oh, that yeah. well. That's, that's true. Yeah, you would. They would take a massive cap hit there. But I don't know, man. Would they like? What other veteran QB might there be in the market? Depend. That's a good question. Yeah, that's like. I'm looking at these teams and like. Not really anyone outside of like maybe cousins, but cousins doesn't seem like the type of guy who would make that switch. Because yeah, it would have it would have to be a a aging good quarterback on a bad team. It would be a Stafford situation. Yes. So, and I think you're right in the sense that cousins is probably the most likely candidate to get moved. Yeah. Because like, I'm struggling to think of. You could mention your guy, your guy, but he kind of doesn't look good anymore. Uh, Derek Carr, but he kind yeah. of looks like Andy Dalton. So moved. he already got moved. Yeah, he already got moved and signed. So yeah. I mean, they could just get Andy Dalton off the streets, I guess, if they're really aiming Stop for that it. guy. Stop it. <laughs> so. We're done being happy. What happened to the Dolphins? Oh, no, no. There's a game I want to talk before that one. Okay, okay. Because it was a morning game, and it's a game that should shut up some folks that have been dissing my guy, Mac Jones. What do you make of that late comeback by the end there? Like, give him a ball late, and Mac Jones... Dominates 272 passing yards, outduels Josh Allen, has two touchdowns, the same as Josh Allen, has no picks, 126 QB rating versus Josh Allen's 90. Mac Jones, a better QB than Josh Allen? Josh Allen, once again, I said it once, I'll say it again, I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. Josh Allen can put up video game type numbers and he has this season, but he will always have that turnover that loses you a close game or an, in, a, a gaffe or an inopportune, like, and, and it happened. You said at the start of the game, what happened that you said that was one of the worst picks you've ever seen, right? Yeah. Correct? That was a terrible pick. So no, like, the Bills, I said the Bills had the best roster on paper to enter this season. They don't look, they're not playing like it. 
So, no, it's just it's just awful. It's just I I don't know how you can look at this Bills team and be like, yeah, they can beat Kansas City. I don't know. I don't know how you can say it. Yeah, like I have bumped them down massively this week. Um, oh, that's the team that. Okay, okay. No, I, I I think I know. Yeah, okay. We'll leave that for later. Um, but yeah, I've bumped them down massively because like they have made this New England offense look serviceable. How? 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 I mean, uh, they didn't score any points for like three straight weeks, Alex. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a miracle what you can do when like the QB has more than like I don't know two seconds to to pass the ball. So it's it's yes. it's massively like Mac like for all of the naysayers that were turning heavily on Mac Jones, like. How does that feel? Like, sit there, like, the dude had the ball to end the game, and he went. Ding, 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 ding. Massive play, massive throw to Hunter Henry, like an absolute dot to him. And then another massive throw to the greedy king, uh, Gesicki, for the touchdown. I mean, dude just balled out. Mac Jones is back. I'm a right now. Oh, you should. That's what I feel if I'm a Bills fan right now. Don't, don't let this New England team get get hot. Don't. Oh, then they'll stop it. Oh yeah. This stop is it. this is NBA Jam rules now. Stop it. They are getting hot. They can't oh. be contained. They're still in a division with the Miami Dolphins. They are. So, they are still two and five. Pump, pump, and yeah, and they're still two. Pump the brakes, buddy. Pump the brakes. They are. What, what streak are you? Are you saying they're going to go undefeated the rest of the season? Because that's pretty much what they would have to do to be like a top two seed. They might. Stop it. Um, you don't know. Stop it. The scenes if they do. Like uh, I obviously don't expect it, but the scenes if they do. Stop this! Like from the, the, I guess we have just basically just dunked on the the bills for enough time. Uh, I don't really have much to say on the the Giants Commanders game outside of one single. I don't want to yeah. watch it. In fact, in fact, you know, no, move on next. Now, I just want to say this one stat, and that's all I'm gonna say about this game. Okay. Sam Howell, uh, this is a, a tweet by Jake Seeley. So Sam Howell was sacked six times today. That's the f- uh, And he has been sacked 40 times this season. Or as many as Desmond Ritter and Russell Wilson combined. He was sacked four plus times in every single game. And Mahomes has been sacked seven times all year. Sam Howell is on pace for 97 sacks on the year. That's all you I know, have to say. Just you know, help my you know, dude. You like, know what that sounds like? Oh, I know what you're going to do. You know what that sounds like? What? That sounded like first-year Joe Burrow, I'm just saying. Oh, that, that to me sounded like he will be doing this the rest of the year. 
Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> poor guy. Oh, he needs some gonna, help. That guy's going to get ruined like they ruined Zach Wilson. Let's go. Okay. Ah, before Monday Night Football, there's like one of the biggest games of the week that happened. But the, the Chiefs just completely pummeled the Chargers. Like... I don't even know what they were doing, honestly. I watched yeah. the game and I was looking at I was like I was like, what are you guys doing right now? Is is like Herbert's hand more of a thing that we are making it to be? Maybe. I it's not even that. Like Travis Kelsey had like a hundred yards and a touchdown before halftime, Alex. Yeah, I was I'll save this for the, the fantasy show, but I was playing against him in a league that I must win, so that was nerve-wracking. Like, someone needs to get Taylor Swift out of those games because the dude, dude goes that nuts. Is, that dude is focused up when she's in the, when she's in the booth, man. Like, yeah, yeah, he looks like, up, she's there, and he's like, okay, I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Dude is ready to jump through a wall. Run through yeah. a wall. Did you see the touchdown? Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I said like where it was. He just it was just like a flea flick, and he like bobbled it. It was low, so yeah. he like bobbled it, put it up, and everyone was like swiping at it, and he still held on to the ball. Yeah, nothing going How? How? It was almost the best catch of a tight end on the week. Almost. That goes to Kyle Pitts. This guy and this Kyle Pitts love. Oh no, that that catch was sick. Just catches it backhanded, touches it up versus his back or something. Then the defender goes and grabs it and he just swings it to the left arm and continues to run. That was a slick move. Yeah. I want to talk about the Chargers more. The Chargers are disgraceful. Yeah. Like, are we just. Are we just giving way too many? Because, like, just now I just gave him another excuse. Are we at the point that we are just giving are him just way too many excuses? Yeah. Are we babying like, the Chargers? Oh, little Chargers can't beat the, the big bad Chiefs. And it's like, not even just like the Chargers alone. Is it just... Because we will criticize, like, for example, Staley. I've seen, like, a lot of folks, like, asking for his head now. But, like, are we just giving way too many passes to Herbert? Maybe. Like Herbert right I, now no, is I, a no, top no, 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 what? The defense. How, hey. The defense allowed three hundred yards in the first half. Austin or Austin Alex? Yeah, three hundred passing yards. But who was picked? Half. Who was picked twice? I'm sure that did help. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, there we go again. It's another excuse. Now it's the defense. I know. I know the defense isn't great, but I mean, like they. They have Derwin, James, Khalil, Mack, and Joey Bost. There's no reason that defense should have performed that badly. And that's probably coaching. But, I mean, on the offense, they didn't produce, like, anything significantly. They matched them in the first half? Yeah, and then it went kaboom. Yeah, then it went kaboom, yeah. Yeah, so. Pretty rough. The second half was pretty rough, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, like, I think we're just starting to give him way too many excuses. Was just, like, was Emmanuel, uh, what's his name? The the linebacker, Emmanuel Acho? Is that his name? Uh, Are we, uh, was he right all all along? Is he just, is Herbert just a social media QB? I don't know. 
So here's the thing. It's kind of hard to like. So okay, I'm, I'm going to equate it to this. You see a car crash in a burning building. Which one are you going to look at? Huh. You're going to look at the burning bur- burning building because the burning building is depends on the car crash. Yeah. I guess that's true, <laughs> but that's what that's what I'm saying. It's kind of hard to like look at Herbert. When, like, there's an even bigger, like, mess going on. There we but go it's, again. It's another excuse. But it's true. Like, how, how how can you say Herbert and then we gave up 300 passing yards in the first half? I, I don't know. It, listen, Herbert might not be it, but the defense is definitely not it. I know that. Yeah, yeah. I know like, that for sure. I agree with that point. It's just like sometimes we don't hear the first part. We just hear the second one. And it's daily. It's like, it's, do you know like those kids' um, excuses which are like, yeah, I did it, but... Uh, yeah. And that's basically what we're doing here. It's always like, yeah, it's it's Herbert's fault. But did you see the defense? Did you see like the dropped pass there? Did you see like... Uh, the mess that brought the wide receiver in. Did you see? It's it's always something. It's never just. It was Herbert, point, like nothing else. It's just Herbert. No, it's also something else. I'm just. I don't know. Like I guess we can use this as a segue to the to the last game we'll talk about. But is like if you were to start a franchise, would it be Herbert? Or would it be Tua as your starting QB? I remember when this debate was Herbert or Burrow. Yeah. And um, Tua was like a bust. He doesn't have an arm. Uh, he doesn't make the big throws. He's uh, a concussion king. But I don't know. You know what he does? He wins games. Except against the Eagles, apparently. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. Other than that, I mean, I know the schedule has been like cakewalk when you you talk about the teams that they they beat but i mean they're five and two still what record of the chargers isn't it like three and five now or three and four something like that yeah two and four no oh yeah two and four i don't know i think i would go herbert still but i think i would go with the guy wins games confident in that assessment because uh, you see, just now you said uh, when I said um, you know what Tua does, he wins games. You said not versus the Eagles, but you didn't say <laughs> that the defense was terrible. It was Tua's fault. You see, you see, that's what I meant. That's what I'm saying. Like, like Tua also didn't play great. Um, he didn't play good even. But we are not <laughs> saying. But we are saying it's mostly Tua's fault. You know, you're not wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong about that. <laughs> Social media QB. Well, maybe you're right. <laughs> yeah, I guess we can talk about the last game. Did you see any of it or were you were you out by then? I was I was out by then, but when I looked at the score, I was just in shock. What happened? What happened to the Dolphins offense I know and love? They got they got shut down. This got was kind of this was kind of my concern, and I guess it's not really to this extent because I don't think the pressure numbers were there from what I saw, but I haven't seen like the in-depth statistics of it. Just like by watching it, 
it didn't seem like this happened. But my main concern prior to the game, I'm not sure. I, I was expecting the Dolphins to to beat the the breaks out of the the Eagles. Right. But yeah, so one concern, had. yeah, one concern that I did have was if the Eagles could pass just do, rush. and I think I mentioned this, yeah, the pass rushing. Pass. If they could just do what Carolina did to start the game versus Miami, but if they could just do it all game, would it be? Would it just throw the Tua and the whole offense out of sync? And it sort of did, but I, I don't think he was pressured as much as I expected it, as I expected them to be. But uh, they completely shut down the run game. That's a big part of it. I mean, Raheem Mostert at a time was like, I think he had like three carries for minus eight or minus 10 yards. It was something stupid like that. Hassan Reddick was having a field day stopping the run. I saw two big plays which went for negative yardage. And he wasn't really being able to do much. Um, Other than that, I mean, uh, Waddle was out for, for a bit. Hill still did this thing. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to stop Tyreek Hill, but it, they did manage to contain him somewhat. Uh, 88 yards, 11 catches, a touchdown. He looked electric as ever. It's just, it's Hill. There was a play there, right? Uh, I think it was against Cedric Wilson. Uh, that was a, I don't know what the refs were doing, but um, it was one of the, the cornerbacks from the Eagles. They have Slay, uh, Darius Slay, and who's the other guy? Oh, Bradbury. Bradbury, yeah. Yeah, Bradbury. Bradbury just did, like, completely grabbed Cedric Wilson's face mask. Like, it's not even, like, subtle. It just completely yammed at it uh, on the sideline on a third and long or third and, like, it was a third down situation uh, in the, the Eagles, Eagles side of the field. And Tuba throws a ball to Cedric Wilson. I think it was kind of overthrown. Um, but, like, Bradbury just completely yams at Wilson's face mask. And there's no penalty there. That would have been, like, a first uh, first and 10 or first and goal. Because it would have been inside the Eagles 20. I'm not quite sure if it would be inside of the 10. But it was something around that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's a complete missed call by the refs. I don't know what happened there. Uh, AJ Brown at the field day. I mean, that's like pretty imposing. There were two plays in there, just like his this train just completely took over and he just yammed at the DBs. Um, other than that, I mean, Dallas Goddard continued the, the National Titans day. Not as great of a game as like a guy like Kelsey, but I mean, yeah. all of the time. I think the con- the Titans combined uh, like last Saturday, uh, last Sunday, so yesterday. They combined for, I believe it was a thousand yards. Yeah, so National Titans, they really did this thing. But yeah, uh, Waddle, I think I mentioned it, but he was out a while with a back injury. He managed to come back and he finished with a, like an okay game. Um, other than that, I mean, it was just... The game was closer than the box, the box score indicates. Uh, because uh, and at the same time it wasn't because the the um, the Dolphins had a defensive touchdown with a pick by Jalen Hurts that that hasn't been talked enough because the turnovers are are really getting to Jalen Hurts like Jalen Hurts on the year um, he has let me check that because I think he has almost double the amount of turnovers that he had the whole season, the whole last season. So yeah, 
this season he has 10 turnovers on 7 games last season he had 8 on 15 so the turnovers are really really impacting them here he had a fumble if not mistaken fumble lost and he threw a pick 6 as well uh, to Jerome Baker but then like when it was pretty late Miami was, was driving there and like to a true pick uh, that essentially just threw away any chance they they had of winning that game or at least tying it or something but yeah it's a weird game in which it's like i guess the outcome then it's fair because it's not as close as it as it it's not as as big of a difference as it ended up being but it was also like Miami Miami's offense scored like 10 points so Kind of a weird game, to be honest. I just had another rant, I guess. Yeah, Angela just knows that I go on these massive rants. And he probably just <laughs> went to do a coffee or something. I I, I would guess. It just he just knows <laughs> that I'll take my sweet time with these recaps. Uh, but yeah, it was pretty weird game as I mentioned. Julia was back, so that's a fun one. Uh, just the catch for three yards, but that was a headline there for a bit. I don't know, like, I, I'm still not completely sold on the Eagles' offense, to be honest. I still think something isn't clicking there, but when you have the, the brotherly shove, as they call it now, it's really easy to move on the ball. Like, that play is really annoying from, like... Not as I would, I would, I guess I would say as a, a neutral fan, that play is kind of annoying. It's not really something against the Eagles. It's just that it's like it takes sort of some of the emotion out of the game because when it's third and short, fourth and short, you just know that they will get it with the, the brotherly shove. And it was funny that like Sirianni, there was a point there in which Sirianni called a, a punt on fourth and short. And, like, he immediately called a timeout because apparently uh, Jason Kelsey uh, reported this afterwards, but he was on the sideline, Sirianni, and he was like, nah, screw this, I'll go for it. <laughs> so that's that's pretty funny that they are, like... They, they also know that that play is automatic, so they just always go for it. Oh, I, I should say that this week, now that Angelo still isn't here, so he can't take this victory laps. But I went five and seven uh, on the the picks. Uh, Angelo went seven and five. We're still pending the Monday night football because we are recording this on October twenty third, uh, around five hours prior to Monday night football. Hi. Hi. Monday What's night up? football's kickoff. Yeah, I was just. <laughs> I realized you were out. Uh, now I was talking with the audience about like how you know I will go on this massive rant, so you probably just went and did a coffee or something because you just know I'll talk my elbows out of it. 
so I I took the chance. I also mentioned what our record was since I had I had finished the recap of the game. Uh, I went I took a, I went ahead and did the recap on the picks since you weren't here, so we don't need to talk about that anymore. And yeah, yeah. that's all. <laughs> Oh, we talked about the picks. We talked about the picks. I I talked about the the picks. What we did uh, this past week. Gotcha. Nice. See. Man. There you go. And yeah, that's what happened with the the Eagles. Did you like the recap? Did you hear all of it? <laughs> no, I didn't hear all of it. But <laughs> sure, it was a good recap. Overall. The Eagles, um, the game wasn't as close as it, like, the game wasn't this distant. They're like, it didn't seem like a 14-point game, but at the same time, you could also argue like, like oh. Miami's was offense it, scored like 10 points, so. Was it similar to the Chargers game where it looked good for a half and then the second half it imploded? Yeah, it did, it did. There were like there were some key plays. Uh, did you hear my my concern with Hertz? No. What is your concern with Hertz? Okay, is that like this season he has ten turnovers on seven games? Last season he had eight on fifteen games. So he's turning the ball over more. Yeah. That this game it was a fumble and a pick six. So yeah, he's currently on pace for what I think it's almost. Double his career high. His career high is 11 and 15 games. So, what would you account this to? Is it teams are figuring him out? Is it he had a ridiculous last season and he's, you know, regressing to the norm? But he's, I mean, even if he's regressing to the norm, that's still a really good quarterback. So, yeah, uh, I think it's just. He was never a guy that was a clinical passer of the football. He just had a great season last year. That's my point. Also, there is something I want to talk about with this game. So, do we not give A.J. Brown enough credit? Because should A.J. Brown be in the conversation with a Justin Jefferson, a Jamar Chase, a Devontae Adams, a Tyreek Hill? Should he be in that conversation? Because honestly, I don't think I've heard anyone talk about him in that conversation. But does he belong in there? Because I think so far, the way he's performed this season, he's he definitely deserves to be in that conversation. Yeah, I think he should. Like he's great. And like I was I was talking about like some of the plays he had there. Mm-hmm. Like his physicality just went completely off in that game. Like the touchdown, he just completely manhandled to to DBs. To just get the rest of the yardage and score the touchdown because the touchdown was short of the of the end zone, I believe it was like in the ten, and like his physicality just did the rest and he just bullied the DBs into the red zone. So yeah, I mean, he's been great the whole season. And Does George Pickens remind you of AJ Brown a little bit the way he who? George Pickens has played, the way that George Pickens has played the first six weeks. Kinda, I don't think it is as physical as AJ. I think like AJ is a true like specimen. George has been playing well. Okay. Pickens has been playing well. I just don't think it's like the same type of play. I, I it's like okay. I guess you can say it's like lit. AJ Brown lit, but like Light. yeah, exactly. L-I-T. Um, yeah, 
L I T. L I T E. E. I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Like, Other than that, I don't like this. As I said, this game was kind of weird. It was competitive for the first half. Uh, the running game uh, completely shut down. Did you did you hear me on the the mustard part? Like yeah, what it was? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Minus yeah. eight yards on like three carries. Yeah, or four carries to start. Yeah, something really nuts. They completely shut down the run game and they just had their so my, way. The Miami line got decimated all day, all yeah. night. Yeah, but the pressures. I I would have to check the numbers because I haven't yet. Because the pressures really didn't seem like they were there, and they he was only sacked three times, if not mistaken. So I would have to check that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like. Not a good showing. I think they also lost um, a lineman in that game. I'm not sure if he came back. I didn't. I didn't hear back on that. But I know they they missed a lineman for part of the game, and they were also without Armstead already. Okay, Miami. That's right. Yeah. Armstead's yeah. their best offensive lineman. Oh so yeah, by a mile. By a mile, yeah. But yeah, like the Eagles' offense still isn't clicking for me, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But at this point, I'm kind of like, I they're need the to put team. a Meyer. They're yeah. consistently the better team every week, and that's kind of the thing. Like, even if you don't believe that Jalen Hurts is in the Patrick Mahomes tier, that team is so good that as long as he's not like, I don't know, in the Kirk Cousins tier, it's fine. Yeah. The tush push just kind of in you know, a brotherly shove. I was I was saying this, like it doesn't annoy me because it's the Eagles and it's not really annoyance, but it's like it's it taking away. Right yeah, and it's taking away from the game for me because it's like part of why I like the NFL. It's it's the suspense of every single play, basically, that anything yeah. can happen. And like when you have a play as effective as the brotherly shove. Uh, like it's third and one or fourth and one, and you just know they're going to convert it. So it just takes away from the game in that sense to me. So you don't think it's kind of a meta, like I want to see, you know, it's taking away fantasy production from other people. You think it's more of a, it's taken away from suspense of a third and one and fourth and one away from the game to you. Yeah, I think it's, it's more that. And I also don't think it's like, it's unfair or something, unless you really can prove that it's 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 not good for the health of the players. I, like game wise, I don't think it's unfair because if it was, like the other teams would be able to get it. So just like, and they can't. I've seen it plenty of times again this week. Um, so it's something that they do well. They shouldn't really take away taking take things away from them because they do them well. It's just takes away from the game. Well, there, well, there's one card, but here's another counter argument to it. If a play exists that a team can convert it 90 some percent of the time, should that play exist? And that's kind of the thing that I think the NFL kind of sees that. Like, I don't think it sh- they should have a play that works that often. And I think they're going to try to ban it under the veneer of, oh, you know, these players got hurt. Uh, would, would are we also banning the extra point?
because the success rate of an extra point is well, 93%. Listen, the extra point was so effective, they pushed back the yardage that you have to kick it from to see if they could get people to miss. So, yeah. yes, the point has been effective already. Yeah, it went yeah. from 99.3% to, I think it was 924 So, yeah, it decreased somewhat, but it's still a 90% effective play. But they, they, the NFL wants people to go for two more. They don't want auto plays like that. That's that's the point I'm giving. I guess I I understand the point, and it's it's why it becomes it, it takes away from the game for me because it's like a ninety percent success rate play, and I just know it's gonna happen every single time. But I think the NFL should only intervene if it was a broad. 90% success rate. So if you tell me like every single team runs that play and they have a 90% success rate on every single time, okay, then I understand. But it's it's something only the Eagles do. So it's kind of uh, seems like we're targeting that team because the extra point is oh, something we 100% that, are. Uh, but it should be the case like uh, it's just it's just a weird are we also banning like Mahomes to Travis Kelsey every single play? Because that's probably a ninety percent success rate. <laughs> like... Actually, um, funny enough, um, during the game, the commentators had said that Mahomes was a hundred percent when targeting Travis Kelsey on his last like twenty to forty targets, something ridiculous like that. Yeah, I mean, if it's like that, are we just banning every single play? Are we also banning Stafford to Cup? Like, it's kind of weird that we're just banning it because the team does it really well and they manage to, to perfect it. It doesn't sit well, well with me. It doesn't sit well with you? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's an interesting discussion to have. Yeah. Like, as a fan, I just don't like And it's probably why the NFL is thinking about that because, like me, there's probably plenty of others. It's... Uh, I... I just know they will convert it. And I was mentioning there was a point in that game in which Sirianni sent out the 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 punt team on 4th and 1 or 4th and inches. And like immediately called the timeout and threw out the offense out there and they just got it with the brotherly shove. Are you joking? No. And then Kelsey mentioned like after the game that what happened, uh, like he was in the sidelines with Sirianni. And <laughs> Sirianni just said expletive um i don't care we'll go for it <laughs> but here's the thing here's the thing and here here's your argument against coaches as well if you know this play has like a 90 percent success rate and you're on fourth down who cares about the 10 percent? you're not going to get it yeah like like for real at that point who cares if you can convert this 90% of the time, put it out there on 4th and 1, 4th and 2. I don't care. You're right. Yeah. Sirani had the right mindset. Like You need to put that thing out there. Make them stop it. And it's funny, like the whole conversation happening, because uh, I've heard this this argument on a show uh, past the, in the, the past week, and it was about the use of analytics. Like... Are teams hurting themselves more 
using analytics than actually doing well. And this comes at basically like not an anti-analytics thing, but it's an anti-coach thing. Because you will have these coaches like, for example, Staley, who only runs the right analytics play when it suits him. So, for example, like if, if the, the machine tells you, the analytics guy tells you that you need to go for it on this fourth down and you don't go for it every single time that they tell you to, then you're just better suited at not doing it at all. Would you agree with that? And like the comparison that you have there, it's like playing blackjack with the with the little rules card thing it's that it's basically again. like. Uh, so, okay, so, so so you have you have the number generator, and the yeah. number generator says you have an X percent chance, and you're saying if you don't follow that number generator every time, why are you using the the you know number generator? Is that what is that what you're asking? Basically, because it's it's essentially like, for example. If we compare it to like blackjack, I'm not sure if you ever played it. Probably you have, yes. um, but it's like you all you always have to hit. Uh, if you have, for example, yeah, and if you, for example, I don't know. Um, I've it's been a while since I've played, but for example, you always what I uh, what I was taught. It's basically that you always have to assume that the card that it's hidden and um, in the dealer, it's, it's say 10. ten. Yeah, okay, so it's basically like you're playing blackjack, but you only hit when you want to. And then you blame the analytics because for example, if you have, I don't know, if you have a 15 and the guy has a 10, you don't hit sometimes and you hit other times. Like you're not following it to the rule. So the success rate won't be there as often. Like the success rate implies that you do it every single time. But when you don't, then you're just hurting your chances on picking and choosing when you go for it. I have mixed feelings about that because I get the point and I, I generally agree with that. But at the same time, like you also have to have, I, I, I'm going to call it game sense. You have yeah. to say, okay, this is the situation. Even if the analytics say I should do this, my sense in the way the game is going says I should do this and I'm going to do that. And I think you should give coaches the freedom to do that. And I think as a head coach, you should have the freedom to do that. But you also have to own that's what you okay. did. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what I was was I was thinking as well. Yeah. Like I don't think you need to use analytics a hundred percent of the time. But I don't think that you should say, you know, we're an analytics team and then the analytics dictate what we do, uh, but then, then you go against that. Yeah. 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 Using analytics as an excuse and then not following it to the T, that's the issue. Yeah. Yeah. But overall, I would I would agree with the whole sentiment of I, I understand game feel and like But the the thing with game feel, it's that it's it's isn't it like a bit of an ego as well? in there because it's like i know more than i don't know 10 or 100,000 like simulations that tell me to go for this isn't that like you're kind of being too much yes and no so like i said the simulation isn't gonna tell you you know i didn't score on the last two drives and it's a one possession game and i really need to score this drive 
A simulation is you, you can input that in there though. Can you can't you? Because what I have been told uh is that they basically they have a more how do I say this? They basically they have a more uh up to date or a more like in depth analytics thingy uh in game versus <laughs> in game versus what we have outside because when they are in game like their machines they get different intel which is like it's not a big difference from what we get usually in like regular simulations that we do and like analytics that come from those but it's it's a bit more right if that makes sense it's a bit more yeah. up to date that's fair it's kind of it's it rubs me the wrong way i would i would side on the on the you just you 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 either use it or you don't but if i do agree you with your get... with your sentiment of if we're saying we're using it and we go against it we hone up to it which is something that Staley doesn't do for example right yeah but i mean you can also like but that's the thing if you get into the analytics game and you want to be pure analytics then you have to understand that that's the game you signed up for. So if the analytics say you should go for like going forward on fourth and two is a 60% success rate. Yeah. You, then you can, and you do it, then you can say, okay, I was part of the 40%. Okay. Like, yeah. That, that, that comes with the territory. Yeah. That, that comes with the territory. That Be- because those 60% imply that you use it all the time. So if you sure. only use it half of the time, then it's not 60% chance to get it. That's basically yeah. what's what you have to play. I do think that a coach that surprisingly uses it more than I expected him to use it, it's Ken, Dan no Campbell. Logic. And Dan Campbell. Okay. Wait, what? Yeah. It does seem like it in game. I, I haven't looked this up, but like in game it does seems like it does seem like he uses it more than I expected him to. Dan Campbell doesn't look like he knows what an analytics yeah. spreadsheet is. <laughs> That's it. That's exactly it. That's that's always also my sense. But when I watch those games, it does really feel like he uses it more than we are giving him credit for. And once again, this is why you just have to love Dan Campbell. Like, like how do you not like the guy? Yeah, because... exactly. Oh, you see? Oh, uh, okay. I hope this he's is... the Detroit coach forever, basically. Go on, sorry. I, I I did see like this. I'm just seeing it now. This one article, but it's prior to the season. But the headline is that analytics say Lions coach Dan Campbell's in-game decisions are the best in the NFL. Okay, so not that he uses it, but that no, he, but he goes the, uh, by it according to the the numbers. Yeah, so maybe he uses it, and it's that's why the analytics say that they, they, he has the best decisions. Or maybe he just has the best. He game just effect. has yeah basically it's so, one of the two <laughs> but even then that's an advantage if you're yeah. if you're at the detroit lions that's there's an, yet another reason that you want to keep him on board yeah i've <laughs> seen plenty of plenty of like articles who are saying the same thing yeah there's yeah. another line here most analytics back campbell's and his questionable choices however for example this is an article from from january mentioning this as well mm-hmm. yeah i mean i i'm seeing plenty of things that back that up now is he using it or is just does he have great game sense or and he's a great coach 
I would think it's a maybe it can 50, be a combination too. That's the thing. It doesn't need to be a hundred percent. That's kind of what I'm trying to get at. Like, yes, you can use the analytics, and yes, you can go by the analytics a good chunk of the time, but you still have to have the sense and the ability to say this is the situation even if the analytics say this i'm gonna do this because that's how i feel that the game's going right now like imagine imagine if we're saying all this but it really is the coach that uses the analytics the most and he just <laughs> follows it 100 percent. <laughs> that would be crazy yeah <laughs> okay so that was a fun talk there. I guess we yeah. can just skip to the power rankings now. Is there anything else you want to talk about from last week's no. games? I'm good. I, I can't wait to just watch the Bengals play again. That's that's what I... Alright. I guess I can go first. Um, I think you went first past last week or something. But yeah, this week uh, some changes here. Honorable mention to the Seahawks. It was between the Seahawks or the Bengals at 10th, and I don't think the Seahawks' victory was impressive enough for me to put them over the team that beat them uh, in week six. So I'm putting Cincinnati at 10. I'm putting Jacksonville, who finally joins my top 10, at 9. I'm putting Cleveland at 8. Buffalo is 7. Detroit is 6. Baltimore is 5 for me. Miami is four, Philadelphia is three, San Francisco is two, and the Kansas City Chiefs are the better, the best team in the NFL. I don't disagree with the Kansas City Chiefs being the best team in the NFL. All right. That's but all you don't disagree with. I will say, <laughs> I will say, it's looking at your list, it seems like you're just my list. Just a week behind. Maybe, as I said, I missed like four teams on on your list last that, this past week. Um, but yeah, I mean, probably not Baltimore though. Baltimore is is a new ad here. I don't think you had Baltimore yep. in there. So, are you ready for my list? Go for it. Number ten is the Ravens. Oh, wait till long with the Ravens. Number nine is the Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? Number eight is the Bengals. All right. Number seven is the Jags. The Jags. Number six is the Browns. Number five is the Lions. Number four is the Dolphins. Okay. Number three is the Eagles. Okay, so the same top four. Number two is the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, what? I thought they were the best team in the league for you. I said I don't disagree with you putting them there. That doesn't mean I have them. Okay. Number one, the team that sacrifices other teams, the San Francisco 49ers. All right, then. I mean, we have the same teams inside of the top four, just a different order than one and two. Yep. And then you don't have Buffalo. No, I don't. They don't deserve it. Mm. 
I don't know, man. I like it's really it's three weird games. Like it's the three London game. How many? How many weird games? This is, goes back to the Chargers argument. Yeah, how yeah, I was gonna games, say that. How many weird games are we gonna give the Buffalo Bills? Yeah, I was gonna say that. No, I just it just feels like I'm throwing the excuse book at them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's the London game. Then it's the Giants. Like coming back from London on a Monday night football oh spot. Uh, no, on the primetime spot versus a backup QB. Tough scenario. And then it's divisional game versus Hungry, Hungry Patriots. I'm writing the narrative here. I think they will bounce back eventually. Eventually, yeah. Just so I mean, but I, I have taken them down massively. They are now. Where did seven. you have them? They're seven. Uh, Do you yeah, know where seven. the Buffalo Bills were on my list last week? They were seven, probably. They were seven. Okay, they were five on my list last week. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Detroit and Buffalo both went down quite a bit. Uh, Cleveland is still hanging in there. Jacksonville, I mean, we kind of feel the same about Jacksonville. Like, are they in your in your Super Bowl? Like, can win a Super Bowl list? Probably not. Okay, that's still top six for you. No, the the Jags probably not. The Browns also probably not. They don't have a quarterback. I think okay. at this at this point, if you're in the top five, so well, top four maybe. 49ers, Chiefs, Eagles, Dolphins, I think is my list. I would say top five for me are teams that can win a Super Bowl. The rest I'm starting to lose hope on. I'm start- starting to lose hope on? Yeah. Like, Buffalo and Detroit really disappointed this week. I think the Bengals outside of the top ten, or outside of the top, outside of the top four is the only team I could see because they have Burrow. It's just... They had a rough start to the season. I think the Bills yeah. also could eventually get in that conversation, but they're not they're not playing like it. They are not playing like it. They are not, indeed. Okay. And last segment of the show, I think. The lines. Do we have the lines for every single game? Because I don't think there's a team on by this week. I'm pretty sure there's definitely a team on by this week. Well, are we sure? Because when I was doing the prediction for the whole year, I there was teams this week. Yeah, let me count them up. So we have one, two, three, four. Five. It's not as many as this week, but nope. There's 16 games on the slate. There's no really? bye weeks. There's, there's no bye week. No, I think there's a bunch of there were a bunch of buys this past week, and there's going to be a bunch of buys the week after. But no buys this week. Like the NFL schedule just goes nuts. I guess they could have given a few teams buys this week. Yeah, they could have split like the bad through the villages. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Well. Do you want to start or do I go? I can start if you want. Go for it then. Which means I start off with the Thursday night game and I'm getting notifications. NFL. Speaking of which, the 49ers are going to sacrifice the Vikings today. Put that out there. 
Atlanta's barely moved. Seven I points. think, yeah, I think we picked it at six and a half. You have the Niners minus six and a half. I have the Vikings plus six and a half. So we are at to head here. Perfect But yeah, barely game to start. moved. Thursday night football, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Buffalo Bills. Buff Buffalo Bills favored by seven points. Give me the Buccaneers. Buccaneers. After, like, the absolute disgrace showing that they had this past week. Versus the Falcons. Oh, I should say, the NFC South leading team. The Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> okay, and I'm going with the Bills. I'm still... This is a bounce back spot for them, I think. Primetime game Well, Buccaneers versus plus the... seven. That's all I'm saying. Hmm. I think I'm going to go. Yeah, I'll pick the Bills. Bills minus seven. Okay, next up for me, it's the Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington Commanders. The Commanders are six and a half point uh, underdogs. <laughs> that would be weird. And the over-under is 43 and a half. And I'm going with the Commanders. Plus six and a half. Commanders always play the Eagle stuff. And it's at Was it's in Washington right now. So I'm going to pick them. This is just a go against Alex pick. Give me the Eagles. Next up. Uh, next up for me is the Houston Texans at the Carolina Panthers. The Houston Texans are favored by two and a half points. I actually don't know. Two teams out of a bye as well. Give me the Carolina Panthers. Hmm. I was actually thinking Carolina as well. Ah. I'll gladly flip. You want Carolina? I'll take Houston. No, I'll I'll take the Houston Texans here. I'll take Houston minus two and a half. I Uh, wouldn't two be and shocked a half. if Two yeah, and a half. two and a half. Yeah, two and a half. I wouldn't be shocked if Carolina shows up though. I wouldn't be shocked either. You're next. Oh, this one. It's the battle of the fake New York. The New York Jets at the New York Giants. The Jets are two and a half point favorites, and the over-under is probably the lowest on the week. Yeah, 36 and a half, it's the lowest on the week, or tied for lowest. And I will take the Jets, minus two and a half. The Zach attack is back. I've missed it dearly. Give me the Jets, the Jets defense, and give me the potent Zach attack. Okay, give me the Giants. <laughs> You're just bound to pick against me. Every chance you I'm can. telling you, it works more than it doesn't. Okay, next up. Uh, next up for me. Oh, God. The New England Patriots at the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins are favored by 10 points. I, I honestly don't know. I am so conflicted. <laughs> like, and I don't have team. you to, 
You don't. You can make the pick first. I don't. I'll just go with everyone. I don't. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I need you to go. Oh man, this is tough. This is really tough. <laughs> um, ten points is a lot. The Miami offense is also a lot. Oh man. Man, 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 man. Where are you going with, Angelo? Shoot oh, your shot. Ah, give me the Dolphins. Okay. I'm actually on the Patriots, plus 10. Don't let this team get hot. Just don't. Stop it. Okay, next up for me, it's the Los Angeles Rams at the Dallas Cowboys. The Rams are six and a half point underdogs. Over under is 45 points. And I'm I'm taking the Rams plus six and a half. Oh, you're gonna make me pick the cow. Give me the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm like it's just a coaching match. I think this is a ridiculous line. I think the the Rams should be closer because the Rams have actually showed they can move the ball down the field consistently, but you know. Still give me the Cowboys. I guess it's just because they lost to the Steelers. Yeah. George yeah. Pickens. Yeah. And Deontay. Deontay also played well. Yeah, he did. Like Matt Canada didn't just completely call the blank game plan. It wasn't good, but it's like it's a step towards being a better offensive coach, I guess. Like, I don't know how many years he has coaching in offense. But after plenty of years, he's finally taking a step up. you love to see. Oh, uh, no. Okay, next up. Oh, the, I think it's the team that we were just talking about. So at least it is for it me. Was, oh, you're going to make me pick this too. Pittsburgh Steelers, Jacksonville Jaguars. Pittsburgh's at home, and the Jaguars are favored by two. Give me the Jags. They'll be fine. Hmm. I'm going to go against you. I'm going to take Pittsburgh. Plus two. I would too. Okay. Next up. The Saints at the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are one and a half point favorites. The over-under is 43 and a half. And I am going to take the Saints plus one and a half. Because I I think the Saints win this game outright. I hate you. (laughs) I know. Are you going against your Saints? Yeah, give me the Colts. Oh, that one has to sting. Yeah. Alex is wrong more than he's right. We're just gonna keep on keeping on, you know. You got you can't use you can't blame the analytics if you don't use it 100 percent of the time, Alex. <laughs> that is true. Oh, this one is is a good one. This is gonna be a barn oh. burner. Watch out. NFL. Did that, did that, did that. 
Oh no. <laughs> the stupid Atlanta Falcons at the stupid Tennessee Titans. <laughs> this might be the lowest game of the week. It is tied for the lowest game yeah, of the week. It is tied with the, the battle of the fake New York. Give me the stupid Falcons. Yeah. I am picking the Falcons as well. It's it's the, the NFC Titans versus the original Titans. Oh god. I, I just wanna this like, be a bad game, dude. Like one point to a Falcons team that at least looks decent. Add a Tennessee Titans team that it's gonna be either quarterbacked by Malik Willis or the Mayo King. I mean Will- Will Levis needs to get in that game. Yeah. Is there mayo there in that game that he can just put on his coffee? (laughs) Okay, next up for me, it's... Oh, it's the last morning game. It's the Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are one-point favorites after, like, the absolute... abysmal performance that they put up versus the Broncos. Let's not talk about that. Yeah. We didn't talk about that for a reason. We didn't talk about that one for a reason. (laughs) Because we were not right this week. We'll be in weeks after. Um, But yeah, give me uh, give me the Packers. Minus one still. This is the last game in which I will trust Jordan Love, I guess. I need to see something. I'm just looking into the abyss right now. <laughs> oh, no. It's between pick with me or pick the Vikings. <laughs> Yuck. Give me the Vikings. Okay. Okay. Next up. What? What? What am I What am I what? <laughs> the Cleveland Browns at the Seattle Seahawks, and the Seattle Seahawks are favored by two and a half. Give me the Browns. That's the Browns. a weird ass line. <laughs> I can't believe I just saw that. I can't believe I just saw that. Yeah, yeah. I've I've seen that line since yesterday. I don't really think it's moved any, any bit so far. But yeah, like it's. A really weird line, but give me Seattle. It's gonna be that one game in which it's like Seattle's offense really struggled versus pressure this past week. Uh, Gino looked off uh, when he faced pressure. Now they go versus like one of the best defenses. Miles not... Garrett. Yeah, the best defense in the NFL, and they will dominate. Stop <laughs> it! Stop it! <laughs> you you can just sense that it's gonna be that type of game. To be honest. Not happening. Oh, we have a repeat game. We just had this game on Thursday Night Football like two weeks ago or something. But the oh, Chiefs no. at the Denver Broncos. The Chiefs are eight point favorites and the over under is 46 it. and a half. Don't do and, it to me. I mean, I'm going to take the Chiefs. I don't know I what you're going to do. <laughs> I'm taking the Chiefs. Oh. Give me the Broncos. To be frank, that's probably not the worst spot in the world to be at. 
what give me the Broncos? Yeah, like plus eight. Like they look decent this past week, they but maybe it's just decent. Jordan Love, I guess. And it's like it's gonna be one of those like the Chiefs are gonna have one of those letdown games. But maybe it just it already happened in Thursday night football because the offense was nowhere to be seen, and they still the cover the ten and a half. No, uh, um, uh, the um, the game versus the Broncos in K in Kansas. Oh, oh gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yes, yeah. the offense was non-existent, but they still covered it by ten and a half. So maybe it, it's just another blowout. Okay, next Great one. What do you have? The Baltimore there? Ravens <laughs> again at the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals favored by eight. Or not favored by eight. The Baltimore Ravens favored by <laughs> that eight. That was the weird one. <laughs> oh, man. Give me the Cardinals. Yeah, give me the Cardinals. As well. um, <laughs> I do want to say the Cardinals. And I had it here written down before you made your pick. But it's like the Cardinals look so good. And the Cardinals are that team that like looked solid to start the season. And I think we haven't adjusted to how bad they have looked since. Because I think this yeah. is the third game in a row in which they haven't covered the big spread. Because I think Seattle was seven and a half point favorites. They didn't cover. They didn't cover versus Cincinnati as well, I believe. And there was another game in there that they didn't cover, like a big, uh, like big line game. Baltimore. Okay, I'm going with Baltimore to be honest. There you go. Baltimore minus eight. My one concern is that it like the Baltimore team that wants to throw games just comes back this week. Yeah. Next up to close the afternoon games. Oh. Oh boy, you did wish the Bengals to be back playing football, and oh, it's the no. Cincinnati Bengals at oh, no. the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners oh, are no. minus 5.5 point favorites, and the over-under is 45.5. And, and I'm taking the Niners. That's fine. You push me into the corner. It's okay. I got the Bengals. It's all good. It's all good. LeBron, the Ohio teams apparently are immune to getting sacrificed. That's what's going to happen. That's the narrative you're going with. Yeah, that's the yeah. The Ohio right. teams cannot be sacrificed as they've already been <laughs> sacrificed. But okay. the rest of the NFL, you're getting sacrificed. <laughs> Oh man. Okay. Sunday night football. Da -da 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 Chicago Bears at LA Chargers. Chicago Bears or LA Chargers favored by eight and a half points. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't feel good about the Chargers if this was like a three point game. I'm definitely not feeling good if it's an eight point game. Give me the Bears. Yeah. The Chargers can't cut. The Chargers cannot cover close spreads. What makes you think they're going to cover the large spread? 
Yeah, you know how I said that I would never take Chicago. <laughs> You'd never uh, take the Bears. You said that. You should say that. But I should start by saying I will never take the Justin Field led Chicago Bears. Give oh, me Chicago guy. plus eight and a half. This is a, this is gonna be a prime like Sunday night football spot where people lose a ton of money betting in the early slates and they just want to get it all back. So they look at this line and it's like, oh, it's the Chargers versus the crappy Bears and it's only eight and a half. I'm going to take the Chargers off of an embarrassing loss. And then you just slam Chicago Bears alternative line like minus 14 for like, I don't know, 40 to one and just cash it. Because you can just see this is going to be a major letdown spot by the Chargers. So give me Chicago plus eight and a half. And this is my upset of the week. Tyson Bagent comes out, the week. comes out, guns blazing, and shows the world that he... Uh, of course, I'm prefacing, like, I'm assuming Bagent plays. Right now, I believe Fields is doubtful for the game. So I assume he's going to be out at least two more weeks. So give me the Chicago Bears, the Tyson Badgent, Chicago Bears upsetting the Los Angeles Chargers. You're in the last game. And finally, the Las Vegas Raiders at the Detroit Lions. The Lions are eight-point favorites. The over-under is 44 and a half. Give me the Lions. The Lions just gonna destroy the Raiders. Like bounce back spot, prime bounce back spot. Give me the Raiders plus eight. Okay, I'm feeling good about the picks. Like, I am too. There's one or two which I'm starting to instantly feel sort of a <laughs> yeah instant regrets. Like the Green Bay one, for example, or the San Francisco one. Those are the ones that I, I know I are just going to bite me in the ass. But other than that, I'm confident. I got this. Just go against Alex and you get more, you'll win more than you lose every week. Okay, you're seven and five. You, I don't know if you, if you heard this, but you're seven and five. I, I told you this prior. Seven and five Monday night football pending. Uh, it's the San Francisco 49ers minus six and a half for you. So you can either go seven and six or eight and five. And I am five and seven. So the opposite scenario to you with Minnesota plus six and a half. So there is a small chance that we are only one game apart here. That's it. We have gone through all of the topics. Minnesota's about to get sacrificed, is what I see. I call them the upset of the week. Do I feel yeah. happy with that? Not really. But so wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me San Francisco, after losing that game against the Cleveland Browns, going up against a Justin Jefferson-less Minnesota Vikings, you feel good? I feel as good as someone can be picking that instantly regretting it, but <laughs> I'm here. And 
I have to feel good now. <laughs> I think they'll get destroyed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're they're getting set. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That should be the show. All right. Well, if you've gotten this far, thank you so much. We have all kinds of social medias. We're on YouTube. Give us likes. Give us subscriptions. You know, it's free. And if you don't want to be free, there's a fancy donate button. I like those. And yeah, don't forget, if you're if you're listening on the podcast app, on the Spotify app, just leave us a five-star review. Leave us a, writing, a written review there as well. Follow the show. Also, if you're listening on YouTube, leave us a like. Subscribe to the channel. Notifications on, if you will. And also leave us a comment there, if you can. We always appreciate those. Alex, and wants write an essay. What, uh, will I go ahead and what? Alex wants you to write an essay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. Just like 10-word essay. Ten, just 10-word essay. Like five-star review, five-star review, five-star review. I don't know if that's 10 words, but that's going to be around that. Just write us that. We just want the engagement. <laughs> Guy, thanks for watching, guys. See ya. <laughs> See ya.